Hey, it is Monday, May 11th. And uh, if you're checking in, we're glad that you're here. As you can see, Steve is uh, distracted with his phone, but the rest of us are here and paying attention. We, um, we're trying something a little bit new, a little bit different that we think hopefully will be valuable. You can let us know if that's the case or if it's not. Uh, but the goal is to continue our conversations about revival, the concept of revival that we've been preaching about on Sunday, and to extend the conversations into kind of the, uh, the, the aspects of daily life. And so we're going to be discussing a topic. It'll be hopefully a relatively short conversation that you can participate in by following along uh, and then responding. If you have some ideas or thoughts uh, to share, feel free to reach out to us at uh, staff at Woodbury Church. Um, so what I'm going to be doing for this coming week is I'll be introducing um, a topic each day that we want to talk about uh, related to revival. And so today, what I want to talk about is this, um, it's not a book, but, uh, well, it is a book. I was, I, I love collecting books and I have more books than I probably will ever uh, read. I have books at home. My wife gets a little annoyed, uh, but I still look for books. And I came across this book called The Unsaved Christian by Dean and Sarah. And um, I didn't buy it because I felt like, man, I got a reading list that's too long anyway. But in the book, he talks about the concept of cultural Christianity. And it really got me thinking about what this idea is. I hadn't really heard the phrase before. And so I started to do a little research about this idea of what it means to be a cultural Christian. And uh, the, it's, it's actually a phrase that has some definition. And I don't know like, if anything jumps out to, uh, to either of you. But, but, the, but the idea is, is that our culture still has a lot of trappings of Christianity. So we talked about that a little bit on Sunday. You know, there's still prayer before football games. Um, if you watch the Grammys, it's not going to be surprising to see an award winner thank God uh, for the award, even if the content of their music is pretty uh, questionable. Um, and so it seems like there's like some cultural inertia for Christianity that doesn't necessarily translate into like these different deep aspects of people's lives. Um, it's just, it, it, I guess I would describe it like momentum. So I think a lot of us, um, I got to remember to turn off my volume here too. I think a lot of us would uh, kind of understand that there are people who are Christians uh, or consider themselves Christians, but they don't, like it hasn't really transformed their life. There's not repentance and revival and a real search uh, and a heart for God. It's just sort of like they've grown up. Their grandparents were Christians. Mom and dad were Christians. They went to church, you know, once a month or a couple times a year or whatever it is, but they would consider themselves Christians. So um, I, I guess I, I'm curious to hear your reaction to that because I think that there are a couple of dilemmas that are brought up with that idea. So you know, the, the verse that comes to mind is 2 Timothy 3, 5, where he's talking about false teachers and he, he, he says, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Now, of course, it's, that's a little bit different than cultural Christianity, but that's the idea. People who have some vestiges of Christianity, uh, but aren't really living or following Christ. They haven't made that decision. Um, so how does that strike you? Does that feel like that's a fair assessment? Well, the first thing I, I think of, you, you know, this trappings, it's, uh, trappings of Christianity mm -hmm. for me it it is that we find Christianity to be a piece of our life 
uh, and even maybe a helpful piece or a valuable piece, but it's just a piece that, you know, we, we put up on the shelf and then when we feel like we need it, maybe we take it down or maybe we speak to it, you know, then, and, and that's, that's not what uh, following Jesus should be. Yeah. And to, to kind of build off what, what Steve is saying is that um, with, with Christianity being kind of ingrained in our culture, um, at least to the point that people are familiar with Christian language, you know, to, mm-hmm. to use some of these phrases that we use in churches, you know, people use that just kind of on their daily lives. And so that's not completely odd for them to understand. But I think because of that and because Christianity is just so um, – inflated in our culture you know it's just another piece of the pot that it loses some of its significance um, when it's you know you're comparing your christianity as long with sports fandom or your political aspirations et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. yeah well speaking of politics i think a lot of christians struggle with conflating their views of of politics and their christianity uh, and so sometimes it, one should inform the other, uh, but we've got to be really careful about the other informing our, our faith. Um, I've heard a lot of missionaries talk about this sense that when they go on the mission field, that it's almost easier um, to engage with people about Christianity who have no relationship to it because you're not trying to dismantle some assumptions they have about themselves. You're just, you know, they are Hindu or Buddhist or they don't consider themselves Christian. And I, I imagine it's, it's much, well, it is, it's much more difficult to try to evangelize someone who, who thinks they're Christian. It's like, um, it's like, uh, I don't know, this sounds a little pejorative, so, you know, I apologize beforehand, but it's like people have inoculated themselves with kind of a dime store version of Christianity and so that they're, they're not open to the real thing because they think they have the real thing. But, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, aspartame versus real sugar. You know, you're, it, it's a poor substitute. And I think it makes it hard for us as ministers to reach out to people because they don't, they don't see themselves as lost. I, and I, I can identify with that because uh, on the mission field, uh, many of the groups I've dealt with, and even the Hmong people here, you know, when they decide to follow Christ, it is going to be vastly different. They can't do it halfway. Their, their culture yeah. just won't allow them to. Uh, and yet here, when we've got these trappings of Christianity in our culture, then it seems easier for us to, you know, just do a taste of that or a piece of that and not fully devote ourselves to the Lord. And, and, and that's, that, that becomes a big negative. Yeah. Well, here's a question then that I think is important for us, but maybe important for people tuning in, is how do we gain a sense of self-awareness about the elements of cultural Christianity in our own lives? So where we're relying on um, our, you know, our spiritual inertia, so to speak, and we're not actually intentionally choosing to follow Christ. How do we gain a sense of awareness about that? You go, Caleb. <laughs> Uh, well, I think, you know, I can really kind of speak from my personal account, and I think a lot of that is, is kind of looking to the history and seeing kind of Christianity's role in our culture, um, and because I think, you know, as America, you know, more or less being founded as a Christian nation, you know, a lot of those ideals were intermixed within 
this American uh, revolutionary ideal, which has shaped our culture and it shaped us. You know, we're this this mixture of of ideals and aspirations. Yeah, and in reality too, like the whole idea of the American Revolution, it it kind of goes against the uh, the yeah. the teachings of like Paul in Romans thirteen. You know, obey the governing authorities, which you know I'm I you know I'm not opposed to being an American or the American Revolution, mm-hmm. but it is kind of funny that the the fundamental idea is is not really a biblical one. Yeah, and so I think you know, at least for me, you know, one of the ways that we can go about creating some self awareness with and understanding our role as Christians in our culture and how we can differentiate that or you know reach some find some renewed uh, depth to it is is looking to history. And I'm a little bit of a history buff, uh, but I remember studying the early church and how they were a persecuted group, uh, you know, struggling um, and being persecuted with death and, and in secret. And all of a sudden, uh, Emperor Constantine, you know, on his, you know, thinks that the cross and thinks that if he worships Jesus, that will bring him victory in battle. So he, you know, displays a, a flag with a cross. He wins that war on his side. So this Christian God is onto something, and you know, makes all of Rome uh, Christian. And so all of a sudden, this Christianity that was this underground movement, you know, struggling became forefront and really lost a lot of its direction and purpose and i remember when i first studied that i was able to kind of look at the the christianity of our culture and just like there are so many similarities um and that for me was one of those first moments where i was able to start be able to take a step back and create some awareness about what does christianity actually look like in culture and what should it look like Mm -hmm. yeah well, I, I've ha- I've lived twice as much history as Caleb has. So, uh, Vi, I was thinking about this this morning. So, speaking to the self-awareness part. So, not I, I don't know so much. I wasn't thinking about our culture as much as I was just thinking generally about revival. Yeah. There's got to be a self-awareness. There's self-realization part that how I live my Christian life is not measured by culture. Yeah. It's not measured yeah. by what everybody else in America is doing around me. It, it is, again, the standard is following Jesus, what I see uh, people doing in, in the New Testament. And, and, and so that brings a different self-awareness. And I had this thought, it's, it's almost like this morning, just again, revival in general, it's almost like I see, we need to see ourselves as a loaf of bread that has maybe become a little moldy or stale. And so we've got to pick off those pieces that have been that way. And then, and then we're good again, but that, that takes some self-awareness. Spoken like a true missionary. I mean, I think most Americans would just throw away the entire loaf of bread. (laughs) Well, you know, we don't have a ton of time left, but uh, because we're trying to keep these conversations manageable, because I'm sure they could go on for a long time. But I did kind of want to ask one other question, because I think that there's a danger of Christians um, continually uh, raising the bar, so to speak, on what it means to be a Christian. I know that I have experience in, in Christian environments where it, whatever somebody else was doing wasn't good enough, and you just figured out why it wasn't good enough to differentiate your, yourself from them. So it was this constant kind of like judgmentalism where, you know, that, well, that church they sing too many songs. Well, that church doesn't sing enough songs. Well, that church, his pre- the preacher doesn't wear a tie. Uh, well, that church he does, and he's just proud of wearing a tie. And it's just like this constant way of 
like uh, casting aspersions on everybody else. And I think the goal is to differentiate oneself like from everyone else to kind of find what makes, you know, to, to, to have a sense of like Christianity and we're different and we're distinct, come out and be separate. Um, but it's done at the expense of, of being judgmental. Um, and it really creates a standard that maybe isn't the, it's not really about following Christ. It's about like, how am I better than someone else? Uh, have you guys experienced that that approach to differentiating oneself from from other Christians or from the culture? Uh, yeah, uh, I remember. Um, you know, this was back in college when I would try to to engage with non Christians, and I would be talking to them, and you know, to kind of find out they're a Christian because you know they're. From you know, from Arkansas and the familiar, they were kind of like, "Oh, you're a Christian." My first responsibility, yeah, but I'm not that kind of Christian, right? right. You know, like I, I wear my Hawaiian shirts to church. You know, just trying to like, I'm the casual. You know, I'm a casual, uh, easy to talk to Christian that you can actually, you know. And that was like, was my way of like, I'm dif- differentiating myself from a group that you might uh, maybe you think of as hostile or just, uh, you know whatever you think of and so i've been there before you know just like yeah I, i'm not that type you know? yeah we're, we're not defining ourselves by christ we're not defining <laughs> ourselves by how we're different yeah. than either these other christians or from our culture and i think that's that can lead to all kinds of strange ways of engaging with our faith and and strange standards yeah well and you you mentioned raising the bar so i i i don't feel like it I feel like two things. I need to raise the bar for myself. Yeah. I don't need to raise the bar for other people at all. You know, I think we've probably all heard these stories about a new Christian who comes in a church and then maybe either does something wrong or says something yes. wrong that's not culturally appropriate with the church because we've got these Christians and they're brand new to it. Well, yeah. don't they're not held by the same standard. They're growing, they're young, they're, and and so uh, I think that so the judgmentalism should not be there at all. Uh, and if we're talking about raising the bar, we should be again. It's a self-awareness thing, holding ourselves more accountable uh, yeah. to give grace to everyone else. Holding ourselves, we compare ourselves to Christ. It's not about anybody else. Well, um, guys, we're out of time for today. Um, uh, Steve, you and I are both in our offices. Uh, but we're practicing social distancing, so that's why we're coming at you via video. And Caleb, of course, you're at home. Uh, we're hopefully going, you know, if this works well, we're going to be bringing you conversations each day. Uh, tomorrow, we want to talk about sort of the opportunity for revival during the stay-at-home orders, that uh, there is an upside to the shutdown. And uh, so we'll be talking about that tomorrow. If this has been helpful, let us know. If it hasn't been helpful, Keep your opinions to yourself. So we will, uh, we'll talk to you guys.